Welcome to The Short-Term Show, the show about short-term rentals and long-term wealth, with real property owners hosting real properties who are crushing it in the vacation and short-term rental space. And here's your host, Avery Carl. This episode of The Short-Term Show is brought to you by The Short-Term Shop. 30-year fixed mortgages, tax benefits, and long-distance management training made easy are just a few of the perks of owning a short-term rental. The Short-Term Shop can help you buy and learn how to manage your property from anywhere in the world. Just go to theshorttermshop.com and click Get Connected. Again, that's theshorttermshop.com, and we are brokered by eXp. See y'all over there. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of The Short-Term Show. Today, we have, I think, our third or fourth guest from across the pond. Uh, we have Leah Walton with Superhog. So a lot of you may be familiar with Superhog already. It might be new to some of you. So we're going to learn all about exactly what Superhog does today. And hi, Leo. How's it going? I'm very well. Thank you, Avery. Uh, I'm honored and privileged to be here and be speaking with you again. It's been, it's been a few months, hasn't it? So yeah, life's good. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think from from that point of view, you know, I couldn't I couldn't miss the opportunity to speak to our American cousins. I'm always happy to do it. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's start at the beginning. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself first and then a little bit about what Superhog does? Sure. Yeah. So I'm a uh, short term rental veteran if we can if we can use that use those terms i guess um relatively speaking of course i've been in the industry since 2012 uh based here in in london my first job in the industry was with a company called one fine stay which you've probably heard of most of you and um, who at the time were quite a small london property manager but had big dreams to scale globally and did it i was part of the team that helped build uh, build that out and helped get it sold to the Accor Hotel Group, and then from there I went on to Superhog. Um, and I'm a junkie for the industry. I love it. It's um, you know I, the best thing about my day to day is that I get to speak to hosts of all different sizes, people that take it very seriously, are super professional, and are working to scale and grow their businesses. And we're just here to help them try and you know grow correctly and in a safe way. And then when I'm not working, I'm either watching Man United, uh, my beloved Man United play football, or I'm looking after my 18-month-old daughter, Sadie. The um, I'm busy. I'm busy, really. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. All right. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about like high-level overview of what Superhog is. Sure. So Superhog exists essentially to ensure that transactions that happen in the short-term rental space are safe. So we help mitigate the risks of letting someone into a property who you've never met before, who, you know, bookings happen thick and fast on all the different OTAs than on your direct booking website. So as a host, you never meet your guest normally, or if you meet them, you meet them when you're giving them some keys at the door and by then it's kind of too late. And as a guest, you don't meet the host. So it's all about making people feel safe and creating trust between those two groups. How do we do that? Well, we provide guest screening technology to hosts. That can include ID and selfie cross-referencing. We also do payment remittance. So you can collect a damage waiver with Superhog. We'll remit it to you as a host. Uh, a damage deposit, which we can hold for you and only return to your guests once they tell you they haven't caused any damage. And then we also have a Superhog $5 million guarantee against serious damage that can happen in the property. And our ethos is very much by doing nothing, 
about the potential risk to your property, you're essentially accepting that it's going to happen one way or another. You know, so you have to have a risk management strategy. And that should be certainly to screen your guests because getting ahead of problems and trying to mitigate them and reduce them in the first place is the most sensible way to do business. Spend a penny up front to save, save yourself a pound later. Yep. Getting upstream of the problems. So let's yeah. talk about the guest screening really quick, because I feel like that's a little bit of a a topic where a guest could be like, what you need me to do? What? Why don't, why are you being weird? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, it's in the, <laughs> in the age of the quote, Airbnb bust where everything, every little thing that goes wrong in an Airbnb goes viral. Uh, I feel like guests are going to be like, why are you making me take a selfie? So just can you kind of explain the the guest screening process and what happens and what it looks like on the guest's end? Yeah, sure. It's really, really important, first of all, to make your guest aware of it when they're looking at the listing and when they're uh, on your direct booking website or your OTA listing. So front and center, you need to make sure they know that once their booking is completed, they'll be asked to verify themselves and pay your security deposit or waiver if, if that's part of your process too. So make people aware of things up front. A lot of areas of the world, and increasingly in the US as well, it's becoming a regulatory requirement. So that's, you know, that, that makes the process even more robust because, you know, in, for example, the good state of Arizona, it's now a requirement that every lead guest has to go through the sex offender registry. So that's something that Superhog ha- has done for the for the host there in, in that part of the world. So yeah, there's regulatory requirements. There's also security requirements. Some buildings mandate it. If you're going to rent in a big in a big apartment block, they might ask for it to happen. And essentially, you might want it to happen. So make sure people are aware up front. And then let's split out what screening actually means. You can screen somebody without taking an ID or a selfie. You can screen them by looking at the the name, the email, the phone number, the date of birth, the home address, that, that really basic information. So if that's the type of screening you want to do, we can tell you as a company whether that information is real, whether it's been used somewhere else for fraudulent purposes, whether it flags to any of the databases like the Superhog database or the sex offender registry, um, and are those details, do, do they match? So is the phone number registered to the, the user? Is the email registered to the phone number? Are they both deliverable? Do they have social media attached to them? So that can tell you an awful lot about a person. And we think that's so robust that we'll still provide our $5 million guarantee if someone goes through that. So even if you've, you've got your taking bookings on a platform like Airbnb and OTA, where they do selfie and um, uh, selfie and ID screening, they won't do that level of, of, of a check. So that's a really good approach to take when you're taking bookings on Airbnb is just have a background screen done because they've already gone through a selfie and then you're not asking a guest to repeat a step. But again, you can learn a lot about a person from that. And then when you are taking an ID and a selfie, you have to make sure you're using a system like ours that's as slick and as seamless as possible. So you're not sort of sending them emails back and forth and asking them to send pictures, which won't tell you anything anyway, because you can't do any biometric facial recognition cross-referencing with that. So again, in our system, they'd it's screen the background, but also then you can add ID and selfie onto that, which is very quick, couple of screens. And then we're able to feed, Supog is able to feed you back, uh, uh, accept or reject this booking status very, very quickly. And guests will only get infuriated if they're made to do things they've either done before or you're dragging them down a process that's going to take a long time. So we aim to be really quick and efficient. Okay. Well, that's that's cool because that, that solves every problem that was potentially in my brain about guests being annoyed with having to be verified. So you're just, it's all the information that's already coming through the OTA. You're just verifying it. 
Yeah, well, if someone is booking through an OTA, you're likely not going to get their their real email address. So once the booking is confirmed on the OTA, we'll send them either an email or a text message, depending on what details, what data we have, usually connected through somebody's property management software. And that will then allow the guest to fill in the blanks of, of the information that we don't have about them. So a real email address, date of birth, home address. But the, 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 the thing you're not making them repeat, which is this is what will infuriate them is the id selfie step and so yeah part of building your own risk management solution and uh, i'll go back to that phrase until you tell me to stop repeating myself is <laughs> that, that, that you build what's right for your market so if you are in a market where airbnb is your primary channel even your only channel then clearly you don't you're not going to need to have selfies and ids attached but if you're somewhere where fraud and chargebacks are a big issue clearly you're going to want those attached because you're obviously taking a lot of direct bookings or, or OTAs where you become the merchant of record. Therefore, you want to make sure that you've got, um, you know, that the person coming to stay is the person they say they are. And that's where things like signing your your rental agreement during the process, which Super can do for you, having the guests sign it, all becomes really important to you. So your journey could be as short or as long as you want it to be, but it has to be ruthlessly efficient. And to be honest, ironically, the more you add to it, the more people will go through it without causing a fuss, as long as it's still efficient, because they don't, they understand why they're doing it. So if you're the sort of person that wants to take a damage waiver or deposit, which we can do, that really does increase the how quickly people go through it because they realise, oh, I've got to finish this process before I've officially booked this property. Do you see more people doing just the, or more hosts doing just the verification and not the damage deposit or are more and more people doing the damage deposit? Increasingly. And, you know, we have a lot of clients in the US, so perhaps I'm skewing this towards our, our US clients versus our European clients. But very much in the US, people want to take a damage waiver or a deposit um, in that process. And, and that's, that is probably one of our best-selling products because you can give the guest the option. Optionality is so important, right? Would you like to pay $500 on your credit card, but you'll get it back? Or would you like to pay me $50 and you are, um, you know, you're buying a liability guarantee, which means you can damage something up to $500 and I'm not going to chase you, but it's non-refundable. That's great. A lot of people suddenly don't want $500 on their credit card. They think, no, no, no. I, I travel with my my daughter, who I mentioned earlier, who's got a, who's who's an artist, which means she she crayons on doors. And she does that with a real enthusiasm and, and passion. You know, it's hard for me to stop her. She can outrun me already. So, you know, if someone said to me, would you like to buy a $50 liability you know guarantee so that you're not going to chase me for any damage i do up to accidentally of course any accidental damage up to five hundred dollars i'd buy it because there are those when you're traveling with kids or you're you know different groups it just means you can all relax a little bit and because of that that is a really really popular product and clearly as a property manager and a host you you don't pay out on it as often as you as you make money from it so it becomes a revenue line for your business as well so that i think is becoming the go-to norm the accepted norm for how you should offer your guest to, to, to um, pay for their liability up to five hundred dollars, give them the choice between the two. So yeah, I, I, I'm seeing that sell more than more than anything else. And the combination really is that plus the background screen, and then the ID screen being used less, depending on how how sensitive you, uh, your market is to fraud and chargebacks. Awesome. Okay. So yeah, let's talk about the uh, the five million dollar guarantee. So what is that? You mentioned that earlier. What's the five million dollar guarantee? Yeah, so clearly prevention is better than cure. So if we've screened a guest and they've successfully uh, they've passed that that verification, which clearly they 
they are most likely to pass the verification. People that don't want to go through verifications and decide to book elsewhere are the ones that were probably dodgy, suspicious, criminal, all those things. But most people that go through, the vast majority will will pass. Once that once that guest has passed, if you want it, you can have you can buy as an add-on. $5 million of protection against the guest damaging something in your property. And that's at a very cost-effective rate of about 8 to $9 per booking. The reason we can charge it at that rate is because we've screened out the people who we think are going to do deliberate malicious damage because they won't pass the screening or go through the screening. So that's why it's a it, it, it's a very important product because you're first of all you're getting ahead of it, right? Prevention's better than cure. But then because they've you've put them through that process, we as a business think that that guest is actually not a high risk guest, and therefore we'll back that up to five million dollars. So if they if they significantly damage something within your property during the booking. The superhog guarantee will 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 kick in. So you know they've they they come into the property, they run a bath, but they fall asleep before they jump in it, and before you know it, water's cascading down the floors, sixty seventy thousand dollars worth of damage. That's what the superhog guarantee is there for. Because by renting out your property, you increase the risk factor for the time that it's booked out, and therefore having a protection in place. Is, is, is super, super important. Now, it also might mean that they get carried away and a bit drunk during their booking, potentially dancing on a table to, you know, Mariah Carey or something like that. And if they do and they spill red wine or they break the coffee table or they they spill something on a designer sofa, that's also what that guarantee is there for. But it's not a replacement for home insurance. Clearly, when your guest is not in stay and your the property is sat there empty, you need a building, you need a content insurance for that. But you don't need to pay over the odds for that because it doesn't need to be short-term rental. Um, you don't need to have a short-term rental damage clause in it because you can take that from us directly. And it will most likely work out more cost-effective to have more cost-effective to have your own home insurance for your own use and your and times when it's idle, when cleaners are in there, if a tree falls through the window, for example, something like that. And then use something like Superhog to um, have an increase. When you have an increased amount of risk of damage during a booking, you have Superhog in play to protect you. I want to make one clarification so nobody is confused. This is damage only. It's not liability, right? So if somebody Correct. falls through the glass coffee table and kills themselves, that's not liability. It's only for the coffee table, right? Yeah, correct. And your home insurance will at uh, in all likelihood, and this is obviously something you should check when you're getting live and building your putting your listings, check that it does, but your insurance company will not exclude liability claims for paying guests. So if a cleaner, a maintenance person, or a guest dies or injures themselves significantly in your property, your home insurance is, is most likely going to be the thing that covers you there. Obviously, double check. You've got to double check. But what a home insurance provider is likely to exclude or try and charge you a big, heavy premium for is paying guests damaging something. And that's where we come in. So you were right to to clarify and make sure we were right on that point. We're filling that space, which is likely going to cost you more when you're trying to renegotiate your insurance. So, you know, liability should be there as standard, irrespective of whether the guest is paying or not, or it's a contractor versus you and your family. But for damage, it's likely that they'll either exclude it or charge you a very heavy premium to protect it. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Hey guys, hope you are enjoying this week's episode of the short term show. We are loving it. We are loving interviewing all these guests for you guys, and we hope you're getting a lot of value out of it. And we just, we really love you guys. We love you so much that we have created 
a community just for you. We have a Facebook group specifically for short-term rental investors, and there are tons of great posts every day, sharing best practices, learning new things from other short-term rental investors. And we would love to see you over there. The name of the group is the same name as my book, Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. Head over and join the conversation. We look forward to seeing you over there. Thanks, guys. Hopefully you guys are finding all of these short-term show episodes to be really helpful. We certainly hope that you are, but maybe you have more questions and you just want to be able to ask an expert a certain question here and there. Well, we have at the short-term shop open office hours on Zoom every Thursday and you can sign up for free. So if you head over to strquestions.com, you can sign up to hop on and we will answer any questions that you have on short-term rental investing. Again, it's every Thursday and you can sign up at strquestions.com. So you mentioned earlier, uh, sorry, my dog's barking. You mentioned earlier um, the, you can send rental agreements through Superhog. So tell me about that a little bit. Yeah. So it's, Often one of the first things, isn't it, that people look to do when they start renting is build a robust T's and C's. We send a T's and C's to our clients. So um, uh, Superhog sends a T's and C's to mention uh, what what we do in the case of damage, because it's worth just backing up before I answer that point on the rental agreement, which is Superhog is quite unique in the sense that because we've got them to go through our screening, we're often able to get the guest to contribute directly for the damage that they cause, which is which is huge, really, and you know shows why this way of working is really really useful in the short term rental industry. In about fifty percent of cases, we're able to get the guest to at least contribute to the damage they've caused, and I think that's really because they've gone through our T's and C's and they've ticked them. So the Superbog T's and C's state that look, you know, you're liable for the damages that you cause in a property. Doesn't mean we won't use the guarantee to pay for something if a guest disappears, doesn't want to pay or can't afford to pay. But because we can uh, draw on their better judgment, we have a really good rate of success of getting guests to pay for things. The example would be a group of people go on a a bachelor party. They're all good people, but they get a bit carried away and break something that's worth a couple of grand. If there's 10 people in a property, it's only 200 and so dollars each. They are likely to contribute and pay for it if they think that the lead guest who's gone through the Superhog screening is likely to be banned from using other properties around the world. So that's that's a really good thing to say. You know, that, that's another reason why we can we can offer the price we offer is that we're really good at getting guests to contribute to damages that they cause as well. So let's go back a step. So the, the, your rental agreement. So so on that same point, if you can get a guest to go through your rental agreement, my advice is always, and Avery, these are probably things that you talk about as well, so you, I'm sure you'll have a view, but put things like your cancellation policy right at the top of that of that rental agreement. Put your terms of um, service, so how quickly you'll respond to an email, what the policy is if, if there's a lockout and you need to come and help them. You know, get that all stated because then later on, if they try and do a, a friendly chargeback where they say that you failed them service-wise, you can draw on that rental agreement that they've signed during the Superhog process. At the moment, they, they do a tick. We're building out some technology, so they're going to e-sign it very, very, very soon. So you you, you draw on what they've ticked and say, look here, it's, it, we've specified what our cancellation terms are. We specified what our service terms were, and you as the guest tick them. So the, so the value in doing it is huge, and it, it only takes... You know, it only takes you to send us the PDF and we'll upload it into the system. But the benefit's massive because if the guest scans those, they'll, you know, they'll realize they're staying with a professional company. And 
on the other side, it can really protect you and save you in, in the case of credit card fraud or disputes about what services. But also it does something even more important, I think, which it puts your brand front and center in the experience. And we're always looking for ways to do that because it can't just be that every time a guest comes to stay, they think they're staying with insert OTA's name. You know, it has to be that they know that there's a property manager or a host, professional host at the back of this booking. So with Superhog, our technology is white labeled. So you put your own branding all over the journey in your emails and um, as a logo in the journey. It will say, so if your company's ABC Villas in Florida, that's what the guest is presented with when, when they go through it. Same thing when they tick on your then they tick your T's and C's, ABC Villas in Florida. And it's so, so, so important because it just helps you build that, that um, bond with them so you can hopefully get them to, to rebook directly with you in the future. And obviously, we're giving you the, the emails and stuff so you can reach out to them directly if you don't already, already have them uh, to start building that, building that relationship. So I think it's important from a safety point of view, um, uh, a, a, a dispute point of view, and then a marketing point of view. This is a total sidebar, but isn't it so funny how back like when I started in 2015, the property management companies were so dinosaur and archaic and like bad. It was, we were very anti-property management company back then. And we we're very specific in our branding about, no, you're staying with Luke and Avery. You're not staying with uncle Ricky's cabins.com. You're staying with Luke and Avery. And then that was like what you did back then, because that was kind of what mm -hmm. Airbnb was about. And then now as time has gone on and technology and just the way people use short-term rentals, it's back to, it's almost like a complete rebirth of property management a little bit because old school property management companies were terrible. It's not what you wanted for Airbnb. They thought Airbnb was like for hippies and college kids. And then now here we are <laughs> branding ourselves to make sure that we seem professional, like professional managers and not just people. It's kind of funny the way that it's all kind of come full circle, but also kind of been reborn of now we need to, we need to brand as a property management. So we look like pros, you know what I mean? Totally, totally. And it's not, it, it's so funny. You're right. It's cyclical, isn't it? Now we're talking about, should you leave um, a card in the property or a postcard or should you send them a letter? Should you, should you have an actual physical um, uh, welcome book? Something that like d d distinguishes you. And, and again, yeah, you're right. When we started, that was things that, um, would have been associated with very old school um, week week on week summer rentals where maybe you had to bring your own sheets. Um, maybe you just met the cleaner at the start and the finish, and, and they gave you the and they gave you the keys. Yeah, it 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 it, it is really funny, but I guess it's a reaction to everybody embracing the OTA way of doing business, but thinking there's got to be a way that I can chip away at that and, and get my direct bookings as well. Yeah, absolutely. But back to the rental agreement. <laughs> so, all right. So we're sending you a PDF. Uh, is this something that we can custom create? So whatever our typical rental agreement is, or is this like a form thing that's created by Superhawk? We have a couple of ways of doing it. My preference is that you just send us your T's and C's and we will add them to the journey. And so, so you know, first of all, the guest clicks the link to start the process, right? Um, and it's branded with the property manager's branding powered by Superhog in small writing at the bottom. And then they, they see the things they need to do, fill in their personal details, ID if they are going to provide it, terms and conditions. Then they click that, your terms and conditions pops up and they tick it. Soon they'll be able to e-sign it. The next one they come to is the Superhog terms, which they, which they tick. What you can also do though is send them to us and we will blend them in with our own. So it's just one document that the, the guest has to sign. And again, as I said to you, 
um, at the top, it, it's good to reduce the amount of clicks and friction in the journey so people don't feel like they're endlessly clicking on things. So that's another way you can do it. Okay, awesome. And if we have multiple properties and different agreements for each one, so say, you know, we've got one that has a pool, which is going to have, you know, different wording in there than a property that doesn't have a pool. What are we able to do different agreements for different properties or does it have to be one PDF for all? So uh, you are able to do different PDFs for different properties. Oh, awesome. That's great because I know a lot of hosts own things that are, you know, one at the beach, one at a lake, one in the mountains. So they have different things that might need to be in there. Fire pit, no fire pit, you know, things like that. So it's really cool that you can kind of customize it. Yeah, so we've been building Superhog, um, you know, sort of, I guess, in the background since 2019, launched it in February 2020. And what I've learned, uh, many things I've learned uh, along the way, but one of them has been that people will want, wherever possible, everything to be customizable, because you might work in one way in one property, maybe one property takes all its bookings on Airbnb, one, they take them all on Verbo. So you, so you might need a different set of, maybe you need a different deposit amounts, a different waiver amount. You know, you just got to have that customization done um, because everybody's got a different way of working. Awesome. And this might be like a wildly wrong question to ask. Are you guys getting into, so right now we're very like host heavy, host damage insurance are you guys thinking about getting into the trip insurance space for the guests so that when they cancel or choose or, you know, for whatever reason, then the host is also protected? Or is that something that's not really on your radar at the moment? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting question. We're always looking at things we can develop to make the journey um, uh, more guest friendly and also more useful for hosts. So nothing would be off the table. Uh, there's nothing in our immediate roadmap, but um, there are definitely ideas we, we talked about trip trip insurance less so um but things other things around that um sort of rebooking cancellation of course you know if they're useful to a host and useful to a guest that they're definitely on our radar mm-hmm. um the, the broader point is um which is why you asked the question i think and so you're right on it you're right on the money really is <laughs> one thing i think we do that's really useful for our host is we help them homogenize the check-in experience, the digital check-in experience that their guest goes through, irrespective of, of where that booking comes from. So it's a direct booking. It's come from Instagram. It's come from one of the OTAs. It's come from a phone call out the blue. It's come from an old friend. You send them on that journey and they see the screens you want them to see. And that's, I think, what people love about it. Because people say, it's more, do people chop and change based on OTA? And I'm like, they, they probably should more than they do, but they don't. Because if they like the fact that it doesn't matter where that booking came from, they're able to for them to see that. So we're open to adding anything to our journey that that helps helps that process. So you're not at the mercy of the, the, the T's and C's of the OTA exclusively. Yeah, nobody likes to be at the mercy of other other people or things in general, right? <laughs> we want to be in control of our own destiny. So you guys are helping us do that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, completely. That's definitely the vision. All right. So before we get to the last three questions of the show, is there anything that we haven't hit on about Superhog that you want our listeners to know? Well, you're testing me now, aren't you? Avery, someone from marketing <laughs> is going to knock on my door later, aren't they? And say, why didn't you mention this? No, I, I think... <laughs> 
we, we've hit off we've hit off the main things, which are uh, just to go back over them. It's sort of background screening essential. I think whether you're that the I would say this the product's very modular. That's probably one thing I haven't um, modulized. I probably haven't emphasized that enough. So what 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 works for you in your market? You know, you might just need our screening. You might want our screening and ID, and you or you might want our damage waiver deposit and five million dollar guarantee. You can chop into all those things. The only two things you need to have together to work are background screening that doesn't include ID. Background screening has to be in place for the $5 million guarantee. But again, the market's different. It, it really does vary. So you know, never, you're never going to use a sledgehammer to hammer to crack a nut. So you just have to use whatever products that we sell that are appropriate in your particular destination. Awesome. What a cool product you guys have built. Thank you. Thanks. We try. <laughs> okay, Leo. So last three questions, questions of the show. We ask these to everyone that comes on. First one is, what advice would you give 20-year-old Leo? The 20-year-old Leo specifically, um, I, I, I suppose I'll probably say the, the, the things that most people say when they get to, they get to my, my age, um, which is that I guess just always be learning in whatever you're doing. It's not necessarily about what you're earning when you're 20. It's about what you're learning. Um, don't, don't take university too seriously because it's not actually – where you learn to, you know, to 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 do the things that will that will stand you well in in your in your business life and enjoy having a full head of hair while you've got it. <laughs> All right, I agree with that too. I have a, I've gone to a lot of school, undergrad and and master's degree, and I feel like I learned more about the business that I'm in of dealing with people through bartending and waiting tables through all of that school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Avery, I I 100% agree with you. So um, when I so when I finished my undergraduate degree, I, I moved to London for the first time because because London is the most expensive place in the UK, probably in one of the most expensive cities in the world. I had to wait tables, but the joy of it was that there was a lot of people there with a lot of money, so you could make a lot of good tips. So it was it was a brilliant job, and and um, yeah, I, I think that 100% uh, that the, the, the skills I learned then, and I waited tables when I was a bit younger than that as well before I went to uni. That being on your feet, talking to people without being too crude about it, it really it was about trying to find ways to upsell things so that your tips were were bigger. So you're just trying to extract extract um, that kind of relaxed confidence in people so that they enjoy themselves. And, and again, I think that you can't learn that really at, at at school, really in the same way. Yeah, or even just like the art of keeping people happy through just, you know, some people are going to communicate different with you. Like some people, they don't want to be bothered and they're not going to look at you when they take their order and you don't bother them. And then some people you want to have more of a conversation with and they want you to talk to them. So it's just kind of learning to read people and how to communicate with them effectively of all different personality types. Yeah, I think that's it. And it, and it, and that, that last thing you said, the personality type. So it's, it's being able to talk to not just people who were, in your school year or people who are in your football team or people who are from your socioeconomic background, but actually a whole range of people. You're right. That's a, that is the secret source. And we're all still learning, aren't we? Because we're all on that journey and encountering new things all the time. Um, and I'm certainly better at it now than I was at 20 when I was waiting tables. And hopefully again, when I'm 60, I'll be, I'll have even less hair, but hopefully even better at communicating. <laughs> Okay. So next question, what advice would you give a new short-term rental investor or host who's getting started today? Yeah, it's first of all, 
there is a fantastic community of people doing doing this and, and they are interacting with each other online uh, in mastermind groups at conferences uh, on instagram or any social media so find that find that group find that community because it can be quite a solitary job if you're not if you're not in that community and i find it really interesting because I don't get to speak to as, as many customers these days because we have a sales and account management team for that. But but when I do, and I often say to people, oh, have you ever done a mastermind? Have you ever been to a conference? Loads of people still say no. Um, and I'm just like, wow, like, you know, there's so many people to learn from. And most of that kind of surface knowledge to, to get you in at least a level one is, is available publicly. And then you can think about joining your mastermind group. So, you know, that, so that that's the real one. It's like, don't, don't, you know, faff around in the dark come into the light and, and speak to all these different people doing it because you're going to learn a lot and that's going to accelerate your business hugely, really. And then from day one, be obsessed, I would say, obsessed with thinking about who your guest is because you don't have a business if you're just renting out properties and putting them on different OTAs without thinking about who you're who you're curating it for, what who you're preparing it for, what your amazing type of guest could be. And the, the property guys I speak to who are who are really laser focused on who their guests are, really who their guest is, really take themselves on this journey of, okay, maybe maybe I'm next to an NFL stadium. So I'm going to make a connection with the team and or maybe I'm next to a an international school or you know, let's see if there's an exchange program. Let's see if there's people, parents coming over who want accommodation. All of that is essentially what's going to build your business beyond just being a funnel for, for OTA bookings. Also really great advice. And last question, a little bit more fun. What is your favorite book that's impacted your mindset? Wow. That's, that is, it is a, that is a really good question. Um, I think I'm never any good at remembering who, who, who wrote the book. Someone's actually asked me this before. So someone, someone, you're going to have to, Google this Avery or something, or put okay. or, or put a note down the bottle or something. But 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 it's called the Checklist Manifesto. All right, and that is by Atul Gawande. That's it. That's it. There you go. Um, and I read it when I was at quite a, I guess, a formative point in my career. I I you know I always knew I wanted to be involved in starting something from, from the very beginning. So building, building things. I always knew that wanted, I wanted to do that. Even when I was, I was very early stage at one fine stage, but even then I missed out on a lot of the really early stage stuff. So I, I knew I kind of had, had, had the bug to do that. And I, and I read that book and I'm not a very organized person, but it was all about that idea of building systems and building lists and work, ways of doing business to, to free you from being too much in the day-to-day of, of what you're doing. Right. And, I'm also I'm always really aware of that because we hire we've hired a lot of people um, and very very quickly grown. So you have to, the way to lift yourself out of of what for me anyway the way I've been able to lift myself out of the day to day and and still be able to, to to grow the business is is to think about that systems and process that that comes below you um, and you know enthusiasm and willingness to get on a stage and talk and grow a business has never been has never been the challenge for me. I've always been really up for doing stuff like that, but being organized has been the challenge. So I think for me, that that's probably not the answer you'd expect me to give, but actually I think that explains why, why it was so um, uh, formative for me because I thought, I thought, okay, well, I'm always, we're never going to, it's going to hamper our growth unless you have that kind of really laser focus on process and lists to make sure that, you know, the plane stays in the air while we're, uh, while we're going on the mission. All right. That's a good one. Nobody has recommended that yet. 
So Leo, if any of our listeners want to learn more about Superhog, follow you guys on social or, or sign up, where can they do that? Yeah, so we are um, on the Instagram, on Instagram as Know Your Guest by Superhog. Um, you can find me on email, just leo at superhog.com or on Instagram as superhog uh, underscore leo um, or the website superhog.com. Where did the name Superhog come from, by the way? Yeah, good, good question. I, I really think we need to do a whole marketing campaign about this because everyone's like, <laughs> what does it mean? Um, so uh, we exist to ensure that super hosts and guests communicate with, with, with one another. So mm-hmm. it's super host or guest. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Thank you for clarifying that for me. I've been wondering. Yeah, I I, re- I need I need to just put that on a billboard somewhere, don't I? Just 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 six months, <laughs> six months on a billboard to answer that question. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, Leo, thank you so much for coming on again, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Avery.